everybody, this is Jeremy Leisure. And if you want to know what's happening in the information security world, like no kidding, like you got to listen to my boy, Nick Thomas with the InfoSec Sync podcast. If you're looking for insight into the vast world of information security, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the InfoSec Sync podcast, the only top rated information security podcast committed to helping you enhance your cyber skill set. Listen in on conversations with world-class information security thought leaders, subject matter experts, authors, and more as we exchange ideas, best practices, and discuss the latest trends, threats, strategies, and solutions for your success. So get ready to get in sync with your host, Nick Thomas. Hello, and welcome to the 38th episode of the InfoSexing Podcast where we keep you in sync with the ever-changing world of information security. I'm your host, Nick Thomas, and today we're talking with a good friend of mine from the InfoSec trenches, Mr. Jeremy Leisher. Jeremy and I, uh, we've known each other for a long time. We've worked on various projects together, and um, right now he is actually finishing up his um, master's in information security uh, through the SANS, um, SANS uh, group there. Um, he also has uh, just a couple certifications, so uh, let me go through them real quick. So he's got the GNFA, which is the uh, the Network Forensic Analyst. He's got the GPEN, which is the Penetration Tester. He's got the GSNA, the Systems and Network Auditor. He has the GPPA, Certified per Perimeter Protection Analyst. He's also got the Windows Security Administrator, the GCWN. He's got the GCIH, which is the Incident Handler. He's got the Intrusion Analyst, the Certified Forensic Analyst, and of course, the uh, good old uh, GSEC. And when he's actually finished and graduated from um, the SANS um, group there, uh, he's gonna have the GSE, the uh, Security Expert Certification. So with that, I bring you Mr. Jeremy Leisher. Jeremy, how are you, buddy? Nick, bro, what's up, man? <laughs> so uh, Jeremy and I used to um, work at a, uh, a certain agency, and um, we helped uh, InfoSec with um, weapon systems. So uh, had a good time doing that. And um, let's just, uh, Jeremy, for our listeners and um, our audience out there, what can you tell them about how you got started in InfoSec? Well, I've been doing InfoSec for about 17 days, right? And I really love it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have the start is similar to, you know, a lot of the people in our industry, right? I, I joined, you know, I joined the National Guard uh, a, a long time ago. You know, I was, a, I was, I think I was a junior in high school, right? And my dad said, uh, hey, he said, hey, son, you plan on going to college? And I said, well, absolutely. He goes, well, how are you going to pay for it? I said, well, I, I don't know. And he goes, well, you're a trust fund kid. And I'm like, Okay, that that's cool. And he goes, yeah, trust me, there's no fun for you, so figure it out, right? <laughs> and um, so anyway, so I joined the National Guard. I've been doing that now uh, 22 years. I started off doing, you know, uh, regular communications, line of sight communications, setting up antennas, doing SATCOM, and that's kind of how I, my, I, you know, I slow rolled this thing into security. Um, and then over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I was a hardcore network route switch guy, you know, back in the early 2000s, which I think paid dividends for me. Um, uh, because I, I, I understood how computer systems work and communicate, right? Which is really, really important in the, uh, in the cyber threat hunting and incident response world. Um, 
And then, right, I, I've had multiple roles, um, you know, doing, you know, uh, all, all the sand search you were talking about there, right? I was, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a, kind of an elite group of uh, warrant officers in the National Guard where I went to a school back in 2016 at Fort Gordon uh, in um, Georgia and uh, was able to go through basically a nine-month school of hell that actually uh, produced about nine of those or eight of those certifications. Wow, that's um, amazing. And that, that prepared me, right? I mean, and the only thing, right, I mean, and we'll talk about this, right? We're going to talk about the security training versus education and certifications. But um, I think what that did for me, right, ultimately was was it, it made me realize what I didn't know, right? The more certifications that you gain, right, for whatever reasons, it makes you realize, man, I'm, I think I'm dumber than I was before I took the last exam, right? Um, and so, um, right, that's it's important to me, right? You'll find, um, and I think you and I have like minds where, uh, we, we, it's, it's not a matter of just doing anything, but it is a matter of, uh, circling your peers and those and, and training, educating and advising, uh, because I think we both agree that there's probably not as many security folks as there were even five years ago or six years ago when you and I first met and, uh, and it's our job, right. To kind of train the next generation of, of, you know, cyber engineers, cyber analysts, whatever, uh, because if not, we're going to be in a, in a world of hurt. So. Yeah, right now there's actually, uh, from reports I've heard before, m millions in in, um, in shortage of, of of people in the cybersecurity field. Well, I mean, you look at these numbers, right? Where you look at the fact, I think I think the last things I, I saw from, uh, I forget where I where I saw it, but right, they're saying that you know there's there is one person to fill every five security jobs, right? And, and so because of that, and we'll talk about this too, right? So now the the security uh, industry is having to. You know, they need somebody who is, and I, I see this on LinkedIn all the time, where where there was a uh, a post about a job description, and it said that they wanted 12 years of experience in a certain technology. Yeah. And that technology had only been around for like two years. Right. right. So how, how am I Where's to get that person? Years of it? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, but no, I mean, I, I think we're I think we're in a unique spot, right? I mean, if you look at the Huntsville area, you look at Colorado Springs and Fort Gordon, right there, these cyber pockets, right? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, diversity and there's a lot of um, a lot of um, depth in those areas. But you go outside of, you know, those kind of areas of our country and, and you talk to recruiters and you talk to, you know, you talk to companies that are, you know, they they're becoming more technology reliant because they know that they can't find the right people to do the jobs. And so hopefully, right, people that are going to watch this or whatever. Uh, I'm not going to make you smarter, but hopefully we, uh, Nick and I will at least get your your mind <laughs> thinking around uh things that you normally don't do so so you're at a company now called excelio right tell us about um uh the company and what you do there yeah so excelio uh man it's like i, I can't say enough good things right and this is this is not a promoing them this is the i i left a really awesome uh company uh to go to work for excelio and one of the main reasons why i did it is because uh what excelio is doing is legitimately solving problems that you and I, at that three-letter agency, we were banging our heads up against the concrete wall saying, if I only had, right, if I only had this, and that if I only had thing is what Excelio was actually building, producing, and integrating now, right? Um, Excelio, I guess, is technically a startup, right? Uh, but they are not really a startup. They, they actually were a spinoff from a couple other companies, but Excelio has been around for about three years. Um, and what we're doing is, is they're storage guys, right? These, these guys were some of the developers and our CTO was actually, actually helped develop the first VAX computer system, right? With DAC way back in the day. So these are very smart, uh, computer engineers, very smart storage guys, and they, and they can move bits really fast. And so 
what they did is they looked at a security problem from a a software development standpoint versus a security standpoint, right? And so what they what what we what they basically built is the ability to collect full packet data, right? And, and when I say full packet data, I'm talking uh, upwards of 100 gigabits per second, right? Uh, with no data loss. Uh, in a nutshell, we collect all the packets. We actually, then we store them to disk, right? NVMe storage, flash storage, uh, so that there is a, a longer look back window and we don't have this big memory buffer kind of thing. Um, and then the, the unique part about our solution is that once that data is on disk, it's persistent, right? So if I need to go back, and it depends on your ingest rate, right? If I'm if I'm ingesting at 20 gigabits per second, my and if I have a lot of storage, my look back window increases. But you know, for instance, you know, um, what we're doing is we, you know, we have a, a couple uh, customers that we're working with now, right? Some government agencies that had a unique problem in in wanting to not only capture full packet data, right? Because they valued it, um, and they're kind of visionaries in their field, and they said, but. We, we realized that, you know, it's kind of like saying you own a grocery store, right? And you have security cameras, but you don't have any footage to go back and look at it, right? Well, that's great, but if you're not watching the video cameras or in the store, when when somebody breaks in, well, what good's it, right? I mean, what, what good is that? And so th there is a, you know, we're basically a high-speed DVR for network packets, right? Nice. Um, but we, we do a lot of other things, right? Um, um, but that's, you know, in a nutshell... We're doing that. We're also uh, we're also building you know small portable solutions that basically fit TSA carry-on requirements, um, and that's basically a, a really small, powerful data center in a box, right? Talking to the to the point of you know a petabyte of storage um, and you know several hundred you know several hundred uh, physical cores, a, a lot of processing power, and and what we're basically doing is being able to, to push. High-speed computing, high, you know, hyper-converged infrastructure at the edge to do different things, right? Whether I'm trying to collect data for financial trading analysis, right, on the trading floor, or whether I'm trying to collect data packets or, or network packets to be able to go back in time and do proactive threat hunting for, you know, uh, I don't call them, you know, APTs. I hate that term, but they are persistent threats, but they're not necessarily always advanced, right? So. So um, just a question on, on the data ingest. How are you guys um, sifting through that data? Are you using um, Splunk? Are you using something proprietary? How, how well, do you go through that? Well, it depends on the customer base, right? So so some of the things that we're doing now is, is in a nutshell, the, the, the back end of the system, we have the ability to, to collect large amounts of data, right? Uh, and then traditionally, right, and the, and the reason this reason this is kind of unique is that I know when you and I were working together, right, we, we had tons of endpoint data, right, that, and I got an alert that said something bad is happening on an endpoint, right? Well, well that's okay, but, but what I also needed was the ability to go, I, I need some, I don't need, I don't need necessarily need content, but I need context of what happened. And so if you can look at a flash, a, a bang, you know, a, a fire of a rifle, and then go back in time to say, well, what kind of rifle, what kind of caliber was it, right, to, to get the content? Or the How fast was it spinning? <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all of those things, right? Really good security people, right? Here's here's what happens, right? Uh, and being in the military for a long time, and you you as well, you can you can relate to this, right? A, a novice to shooting shooting a weapons, they'll say, I heard a bang, right? I, I couldn't tell you what kind of weapon it is, but to a security guy, he'll go. That was a 12 gauge with buckshot, or that was a 12 gauge with a slug, or that was a you know a 203 or 556, five, right? Because they, but they've been there and done that, and they can not only hear the you know they they understand the context of that sound and you know uh, over time. So they it's yeah, absolutely. But back to your back to answer your question, right? So basically, what we do is we 
we collect a lot of packets. We immediately write that to disk versus trying to create a large memory buffer um, in traditional models. And, and one of the things that we've been able to do is, okay, if, you, if you're going to collect a lot of packets and you want to analyze those, what you have to do is you have to build your analytical backend for worst case scenario. And let me give you an example. Your infrastructure, know, right? Yeah, your analytics infrastructure, your, your analysis infrastructure. If I know that on a daily average, I'm going to ingest 10 to 15 gigabits per second of traffic, but that could burst to 40. Well, I have to build my analytical backend, my infrastructure to handle the 40. So I'm spending a lot of money, right, to build that up for worst case scenario. So what we've done is, um, let's say that, that, Nick, you're a Splunk instance. Uh, we ingest a lot of the data at 100 gigabits per second, but you can only receive the data at six gigabits per second, right? I can throttle the amount of data you get to your SIM, right? So that you don't drop packets. And, and we're actually collecting everything on disk um, and whether it spikes to 80 gigabits or hundred gigabits, right? But what we also do is we feed that through Zeek, we feed it through Snort, Suricata, you know, you name it, Security Onion, whatever sort of IDS, IPS, right? Uh, data correlation, data classification engine. Uh, and then obviously we, we send those, um, those, those, you know, Zeek logs, Snort, Suricata, to whatever sim you prefer, right? Elk, uh, HP ArcSight, Splunk, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I know you're a big proponent of security training, education, and, you know, being in the military, we're, we're used to doing this all the time. That's how we train. That's yeah. how we learn. So um, in your opinion, is there a difference between the two? Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, I think there is a huge, right. And I think part of that, that dilemma, right, of training and education is what got us into the point where we're in now where um, people, you know, people want to be trained to get a job and to make the mighty dollar, but they don't really understand the, the, the fundamental concepts of what they're actually doing, right? And so, so there is, yeah, there's a huge difference between training and education. Um, and that's something that I, you know, I, I am passionate about specifically, not, not only in the, in, the, in the commercial space, but in the National Guard side, right? Um, I've been a warrant officer now for almost 12 years, and and I know that I can't bang on a keyboard forever. And I'm not the smartest guy in the room, right? I'm just not. And so, um, but what I but the biggest value I can give to not only the army but the people around me now is to train, educate, and advise, right? On um, uh, not only not necessarily tools, but but to truly understand. And let me give you an example. So uh, I was around a group of individuals, and and they said. They said, hey, we want you to teach us, you know, a certain tool. And I was like, well, I'm not going to teach you a tool because that really doesn't, it's, you know, it's like training a guy to fish and you feed him for life, right, kind of thing. Um, and um, they said, hey, teach us a tool. And so here's what I did, right? I, I drew on a whiteboard. I drew a, a computer connected to a switch, connected to a layer three router, right, and then connected to another layer two switch and then an endpoint. And I said, okay, who, who, who in here can tell me if I wanted to send a ping packet, right, an ICMP echo request from – PC1 to PC2, walk me through the entire process. And they looked at me and they went, uh, I think there's a, like a, a gateway in there and right there's some VLAN stuff and then it goes to the other guy and then it just comes back. And I'm like, well, <laughs> sure, right? Uh, that That's the hand wavy aspect of it. But right, I'm talking about encapsulation, decapsulation. How do the packets actually make it from one hop to the next, right? What are and the going up and down the Going up and down the stack. That's yeah, I mean, it, it, this is simple stuff, right? People say, well, I'm just going to send a ping packet. Well, well that's fine, right? The, the simplest form, but do they really understand how computers communicate, right? Because doing incident response and doing threat hunting, 
you can be the smartest tool guy in the world, right? I, I, I can reverse engineer malware and I can do all these things, but if you if you don't grasp the simple concepts of how computer systems are constructed, right? Let me give you another example. If you're doing incident response or threat hunting and you, and you ask uh, or, or, or trying to train and educate and you say, Okay, I've got a Windows 10 box that is that is had just booted up, and it's and, it, and it's currently got let's say 237 processes running in memory, right? Right after boot up, right? And you ask them, is that normal or not normal? And they go, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, no, that's not that's probably not normal, right? I mean, there might be circumstances that are are or, the, the, you know, you ask the other question is that okay, let's take that same scenario and say immediately after startup, your PC, your Windows Windows whatever PC has 342 concurrent TCP established connections to outbound entities, right? Is that normal? Well, no, it's probably not normal, right? Those kind of things between training to get, you know, uh, being trained to get a certificate to do a, a, you know, and being in the DOD, you and I know, right? You gotta meet these requirements to get that job and I gotta be IAM level, IAT level, whatever. And so, but I, I think we've lost the fundamental concepts of what it means to the difference between training and education. So there are large differences there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure, brother. So um, what's your company, Excelio, doing? Um, are, are you guys educating? Do you do training? Tell me about so that. We, yeah. So, right, so when I came to Excelio about nine months ago, right, I'm, I'm working with a bunch of really smart computer engineers and, and, and storage guys, right? They are not security people. I'm kind of the first security guy that they've – really, you know, been kind of uh, circled around for the last nine months. And so, but but they're starting to understand, right? So, so from a, from a you know, building computer systems and, and understanding how they communicate and moving bits, right? That, that, is, that is very difficult. I, I, you know, I don't understand all of that, but when they understand the concepts of security and they go, well, I could do network security, endpoint security. I can do web application security. I can do I mean, there are so many different segments, right? Nick, you know this. It is it is mind-boggling, right, to have somebody who can come in and do nine different things, right, and then you don't want to pay them that well or whatever it is. But So when I came to Excelio, I said, look, um, training our customers, for one, because you go to a customer and you say, we want to sell you full packet data, right? They go, well, I, have, I haven't had it, right? or their first rebuttal is it's too expensive, you can't keep up with my network speeds, yada, 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 right? Well, once we debunk those myths and tell them what we're doing, then they go, okay, cool. But the next question is, well, even if I could uh, do all the things that you say you do, my people, my, my security people don't know what to do with the packets anyway, right? So you got to make it very easy, create a, create a simple workflow that, that takes that packet data and makes sense of it all, right? Um, and so because of that, uh, Excelio, me, I guess, um, I'm actually building a basically a free two-day hands-on you know threat hunting course uh, it's it's educational it's not training right you're not if you come to this class right and you're not going to um you're not going to be a, a threat hunting expert right that is not the intent of this class the intent of this class is to make you think about what is what does it mean to be a, to be an active hunter right and so so here's an example, right? If, if you're going to go hunt elk, right, for our hunting community out there, you're going to go hunt elk or squirrel or deer. You don't just show up with a pistol in your pocket and say, good luck, right? <laughs> you you, t you take the time to go what time of year it is, right? 
are there bodies of water nearby that I know that are going to be watering holes, right? What kind of food do they eat? What, 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 when, what direction is the wind going? I mean, you think about your hunt before you ever actually do it, right? And it's the same in the security world. There are things that you must think about. And that's kind of what this course is about, right? It is, the expectation is that after two days, you, one, you not only stand, not only stand that, that threat hunting is really 90% mental, it's 90% preparation and 10% tangible tasks, right? And that's kind of what, that's kind of what I'm building. And, and that should be ready probably uh, end of April, 1st of May is when I'm going to, you know, launch that course. All right. So you'll definitely um, be back on and let us know about that, right? <laughs> Absolutely right, and I'm, you know your listeners, right? We'll, we'll have to talk about this, but I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give uh, your listeners, whoever signs up, you know, the fastest. I guess we'll give them some. Uh, the course is free, but obviously we have limited seating uh, because of the the response to or the request to be in the classes. So we'll give your listeners right a a, a golden ticket, right? Willy Wonka and the golden ticket to get into the class. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> we appreciate yeah, that. So. Um, so Excelio is really focused on educating the customer base. And and I think that's a that's a plus, you know, for right. for yeah. for anything that you any any purchase, you know. Well, I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, are we in the business to make money? Obviously, right. But we we don't want to just sell stuff, right? We want to partner with people that and, and partnering long term, right? Um, because what we realize that that right the 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 EDR NDR right endpoint detect and response network detect and response right people are very used. To security people are really bad about habitual things, right? And and and, and I saw this I actually saw this on LinkedIn the other day. It said uh, some of the worst words you could ever say is because we've always done it that way, right? Um, it, it's it's really it's it's detrimental to to new learning and new education. Well, that's why every are you place we've worked, that? right? <laughs> yeah, especially in the government, right? I mean, we, we, the government is horrible about well, why are you doing it that way? Because that's the way we've always done it. Um, and giving people the ability to to, to to learn new things, to, to fail, right? I think failing, failing often and failing fast, but learning from that, I think is something that we, right? When we were doing the space program, right? How many times did we fail, right? Back in the 60s and 70s? I mean, we, we but we didn't let that, right, you know, kind of distract us. And even though we weren't first into space, right? We still, you know, we still made uh, huge leaps and bounds kind of thing. But, but Excelio realizes, right? Specifically in what we're doing, right? We're not selling a sim, we're not selling these things. What we're selling, is the ability to to see your environment better, right? And from a totally different direction. And ultimately, right, in the DFIR world, right, um, this is something that I harp on all the time. We're not selling, right, from an Excelio standpoint, we're not selling just packet, you know, full packet capture solutions that do traffic analysis and alerting and all those kind of things. What we're ultimately selling is trying to solve the hard problem of urgent versus important, right? Well, what does that mean? Well. You and I know that as a security analyst, right, you, you get alert fatigue, and I've got a dashboard that has several hundred alerts, and it's up to us because we're the high-paid guys to go, well, what's important versus urgent, right? I've got, you know, I might have, you know, somebody downloading John the Ripper, you know, inside of my network, but it might be a developer who's actually trying to come up with a password cracking tool because we're a security company, right? It's right. not malicious, or, or it could be that, you know, I've got, you know, uh, you know nation states trying to do some crazy things from the outside, um, right? So it is this constant because security companies, specifically security individuals, right, are not uh, plentiful. And if I'm a secure, if I'm a sock manager and I've got six people, right, it's my job to use the resources that I have most efficiently. And if I can have the really smart people focusing on the really tough problems and the folks who are still learning, your engineer ones, engineer twos, tossing, you know, needles over the haystack or over the wall, 
that's that's really what I'm trying to do. And so having better visibility, right, uh, from the flash to bang uh, is what we're ultimately trying to sell and partner. And it's it's solving the hard problem of urgent versus important. So I want to pull the thread there on the uh, the threat hunting piece you were talking about earlier. Yeah. So usually in threat hunting, there's um, there's two pieces, right? You have you have the host, right? Looking what what's on the host, and of course you have your enterprise, what what's on the network. So, um, how have those things uh, changed? And tell us more about what your uh, course is going to do uh, to educate the customers on that. Well, yes, yeah, so I, I think there. You know, that's that's man, that's a loaded question, right? <laughs> um, that, well, I, I think a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of individuals are are smart about understanding, right? You know, or or have a lot of technical debt, right? I'll say that a lot of companies have a lot of technical debt that they've bought technology, right, to offset the gray matter that they don't have or the gap of gray matter. Excuse me. And so, because of that, right, if the tool cannot make the decision for them, they're left to, to twiddle in their fingers, right? And, and that's why education, right? It goes back to education versus training, right? Um, and I'm not, I was looking at I was looking at another company and I won't say the name, right? I, they're a great company, but I was looking at their, they have a two day threat hunting, threat hunting course, right? But their threat hunting course was all about their products, right? The course that I'm developing is tool agnostic. We're not gonna talk about, like we, we might talk about Wireshark, which is not really a tool. It is, it is a packet visibility um, thing, right? But it, I mean, it, it could be a tool, but we're not talking about tools. What we're ultimately going to talk about, right? And I think this is, people talk about this. They say, well, you need to live off the land, right? The, you know, local area network or hunt off the land. But what does that really mean, right? If, if all I gave, if all I gave you was access to Active Directory, you know, Windows event system logs, right? Application security or, you know, the, the traditional Windows event logs or, or Linux logs, right? And I gave you DHCP and DNS records, right? How much, if you give, if you gave that to a, a new security guy, he'd go, well, what am I supposed to do with this, right? It's not in a SIM. It's not, right? It's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't look pretty, right? I don't even know how to read a Windows event log. What's a, what's a, what's an event ID of 4624, 4625, right? They have, they grasp no concept. And so I think from today's standpoint, if it is, if it is, if it's endpoint specific, and I think a lot of our hunting Mm-hmm. Is endpoint specific, and I've had a lot of great people, right? Smart, like like Jake Williams from from I think Jake Williams was the first guy that actually told me this, uh, or maybe it was Brandon Mercurius. I forget who it was, but that you know they said that malware has to do two things well, right? It it has to hide and it has to communicate, right? Uh, and so, and I think that's the, that's one of you know typical example is you know you get malware that, that launches on an endpoint, maybe the EDR solution or an a law an event gets triggered that says hey something bad is on this endpoint. But unless you know to go look at, you know, to do a, a quick net stat, right, or to look at, you know, persistent or current you know, TCP connections or uh, connections that like a net stat, right, that only lives in memory kind of thing, um, you, you, you'll, you'll say, well, I can see that malware hit this endpoint, but where did it come from, right? Was this the first endpoint that was infected or was this a, a lateral movement or a push from another box or, right? And so looking at host data, right, is very important. Don't get me wrong. But having the network data to, to augment that, right, to tell a complete and full contextual, having full situation awareness, I think is 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 what's part of the class, and I think is something that is missing in the uh, security uh, community today. So it's sort of been. <clears throat> so uh, what what I'm trying to say is, like for instance, the eight eighty five seventy, right? People focus on these certifications. Yeah. Um, 
they study for the certs, but they're they're missing the the technical piece or the the CSI piece of what's happening uh, when when you answer a question a certain way. Are you thinking about how are these packets moving up and down the stack? Right? Yeah. Um, is it being encapsulated? What's happening here at the application layer layer? So learning and training are two different uh, things. And um, it's sort of like mastering a craft is no longer important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's literally, you know, that's literally right. And so, right. And so you got to put yourself in the employer's shoes, right? If, if, if I'm an employer, right, whether it's the government or, or, or the commercial industry, right. And I go, right. And I've seen this on LinkedIn a lot of times. I'm sure you've seen it too, Nick, where it goes, it's, it's a, it's a banter back and forth between like two, two managers and, and, and they go, what if we train our employees and they leave, right? And then the response to that is, what if we don't train them and they stay, right? So, <laughs> so, awesome. so, right. So, so, what do you do, right? I mean, and so you got to look at it and go, right. I, I don't want to have a lot of technical debt, but I don't have, I don't really have a choice because I can't find the right human gray matter that's going to mature, right? And this, this, everything we're talking about is ultimately how do you mature a security organization, right? Because I would, I would venture to say that if, if, a, if you go to almost any company, right, even if it's Mandiant, even if it's FireEye, even if it's Target or Home Depot, whoever, and you talk to their security people and you'd say, don't ask them if they want to buy full packet data or don't ask them if they want to attend threat hunting class. You say, do you think that you are as mature an organization as you could be? And they're probably going to say no, right? They're, they're, we, we can always learn it. And that's the hook, right? That is the that is the way of, of, of having a legit conversation, right? Keeping it tool agnostic, keeping it agnostic, and just, just having a fundamental conversation that says, no, I'm not as educated or trained as I should be. And, and, and that's, that's, that's my spin on this, right? And so, um, you know, even in, the, even in the course that I'm building right now, right, th there is a lot of parallels, right? Because I think uh, we, we, get so, we get so wrapped up in our, right? I, I was talking with our CTO the other day, and we were having a conversation with the company, and he goes, you know, if you can say, right, um, next gen AI, ML, and GPU acceleration in the same sentence, right? You've hit the, you've hit the cybersecurity bingo, right? You've you've said all the right things, but it's hand wavy, and and a lot of people don't even know what that stuff means, right? And so, um, so as part of the class, right, I I literally draw direct parallels between an actual game hunt, right? I'm I'm a country guy, right? I I, I deer hunted almost my whole life, and and so. When you're preparing for a hunt, right, or even if it's you, you could you know parlay those two to the opposite sex and ladies who are getting ready to go shopping. Let's say it's Black Friday shopping. Even that, right? They don't just show up to Target or to the the mall. They're they're scoping out Facebook, right? They're flipping, going, oh, they got deals, but they don't open till one o'clock in the morning, so I'm gonna go there. Right? They got a they're map hunting. of the store. <laughs> they got a map. I mean, yeah, there's there's so many parallels to all this stuff, right? And, it, and it's 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 fascinating, right? Um, but yeah, I think I think one one of the one of the things right, and so there's also I've been doing some homework on this whole uh, this topic of imposter syndrome, right? Because I really didn't understand what that meant, right? And I'm like, well, what what does it mean? So I started you know getting my Google on, and it is it is this mindset of people that have been in the security industry, whether they've been in for, been in for five years or 35 years, of going. Am, am I am I impostering what I know? Am I am I the smartest guy in the room? Am I the or the late smartest lady in the room or not? You know, it is this imposter of, right? We all talk a big game, but when it comes to the fundamental education of what do I know, right? Um, 
And then you go, man, do, you know, I, I really don't know as much as I think I do. Right. And, and so because of that, right, you know, again, go back to the, 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 the what we were talking about before. Put yourself in the in the customer's shoes of do I buy do I buy things, tangible hardware things or do I invest money in people? Right. And so you have a hard decision to go. Well, yes, I'd rather I'd rather invest in people. Right. But if I invest in people. And they do leave, right? Then that is that is revenue or return on investment lost. But if I invest money in technology, uh, a server's just not going to up, up and leave, right? I mean, it, it's going to just sit there until it until it dies, right? So so you have to have even that mentality too to go, right? And so so this is why a lot of companies are outsourcing security, right? Um, because people are realizing, right? I mean, even even up until ten years ago, right? Cybersecurity insurance policies weren't even a thing, Nick. I mean. Now you've got travelers and you've got all these companies who are offering cybersecurity insurance policies, which is the new silver bullet, right? Mm -hmm. And but you know even even that standpoint, right? You know, uh, not doing your homework. Insurance companies are in the business to not pay. So if you if you're not prepared, right, you're going to be stuck with uh, you know a big bill. So um, getting back to uh, your uh, solutions with Excelio, um, hold on, get sip real quick. Do you have what solutions do you have to fill that cybersecurity gap, or or do you, do you guys have such a thing? Well, I mean, so, so we're still a we're still we're still a, we're still trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up. Honestly, right? I mean, we're we're we are we, you know we 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 were building this this you know full packet capture solution this product. I mean, we were we're still trying to figure out right where we 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 have a product, but we're still trying to figure out. What kind of company do we want to be? Right? Do we want to be a security company? You know, what do we want to be? And and yeah, we're, we're going to be a security company because I think it makes the most sense. But um, we we had this great idea of we're gonna we're gonna move packets faster. We're gonna collect packets, we're gonna store them, and we're gonna move them faster than anybody else in the industry. Right? And, and we have achieved that. Right? And so we we were fortunate enough to, to find some opportunities with the government. Right? That, that with some visionary people who said. We understand the importance of visibility, not only north-south visibility, right? So ingress, egress, but also laterally. And so we partner with them, and we're in the process. We're doing great things for this government entity, right? Um, but it, it leads us to: do we do we want to only focus on their problems, or do we want to to, to kind of go outside of our realm of possibility? And so we're doing other things too, right? We we understand that what we have. Being able to collect all of the data, right? Whether that's we and we can collect endpoint data, we can collect network data, right? So, could we be a full sim in a box? Probably, right? But one of the other things that we've started we started tinkering with is this idea of AIML, right? AIML at the end of the day is is, is math and it's algorithms and it's trying to put things in a box so that if they don't fit that box and they fit outside of the box, it's an abnormality, right? And that's ultimately you know one of the things that but the problem with AIML is that you have to feed it t tons of data, right? And it needs to be different types of data, right? So that you can, so that you can, you know, if, if I'm trying to find a zero-day attack, right? If I'm building an, an, an analysis engine to find a zero-day attack, I got to shove so much data at it so fast, right? And so we've thought, well, we have all of the data, right? We can co literally collect all of the data and store it persistently for, if you've got millions of dollars and you want to have petabytes or, 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 or storage, right? You could, you could have storage that goes back years, but we can feed it really fast. And so we've thought about, well, what about companies that are, that are 
investing in AI ML, and we are the delivery mechanism for the data that feeds their AI models, right? So that that could be an opportunity, right? We're, we're doing other things, right? So, so one of, one of the, the discussions that we have with our customers is the customer will say, that's great, right? I want to buy your solution because you're going to collect all the packets. Well, what about the data that I don't care about? Right? What, what about YouTube videos and LinkedIn and, and you know, people watching InfoSec sick? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, and we say, well, yes, right? If there is data that you don't want to keep, right, we can filter that data out, right, before it ever actually gets ingested and touches disk so you're saving storage space. Um, well, then the next question is, what about, what about encrypted data, right? That is a hard... That is a very tough topic, especially in the government industry, because uh, you're either on both sides. Either we're going to break and inspect all the data and you have no privacy, so to speak, or we're not going to break and inspect it and, and we're going to protect the privacy. Uh, every, you know this, Nick. You log onto a government computer and it goes, uh, you know, you consent to giving your first child's, you know, uh, I mean, everything, right? We, we got we got a, you know, uh, full Komodo. Um, and so... But, but we've also been tinkering with the idea of, you know, you know, things like JA3 fingerprinting, right? It is, it's not necessarily relatively new, but, but there is value in, because a lot of companies say, well, if it's encrypted, I don't want to keep it. Well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? There, there is valuable things that you can find and, and glean from even encrypted data, right? JA3 fingerprinting takes, takes the ability of knowing that there's still a TCP way, TCP way, a TCP three-way handshake before key exchange, right, to, to start an SSL or a TLS session. And so, but, and all that data is in the clear, right? So if I can see what kind of, what kind of key exchange happens, and generally SSL, TLS sessions happen always the same way, right? Um, and so what, what, what where, what's the value in that? Well, the value in that is not in the, in the data that I know that I'm encrypting or that's encrypted in my environment, but if I've got a malicious, a malicious actor who I know is eventually going to get into my environment, and they're moving laterally, right? Either trying to maintain persistence, or they're trying to exfil data, or trying to do, you know, ransomware or whatever it is. Um, and their all their traffic is encrypted. If I can identify that that encrypted traffic is not doesn't belong to my environment, then that's that's huge, right? At least I know that that is not me. That is not of my environment. It's not indicative of me. That is outside of the norm, and I should go investigate it, right? So th those kind of things are kind of what we're trying to meld into our, you know, what do we want to be when we grow up, and what kind of a company are we going to be? Awesome. So um, moving on to uh, your other career, right? Let's talk about the uh, the Army stuff, Mr. Warren Officer. <laughs> so yeah, man, what you got? What's going on with Ar Army Cyber Command? What's the newest and, um, and what's the newest going on there? Well, I was I was actually at um, uh, so in, in the in the Army world, specifically Army Cyber, right? They have, you know, an AFSIA. And I don't even know what the acronym stands for, but anybody listening to your podcast will probably know what I see it is. But uh, I was actually at TechNet um, in Augusta back in 2018, 2019, somewhere, right? And so, and so at the time, uh, Lieutenant General Fogarty was there, who you know, who's you know, uh, Army, you know, Army Cyber Command, you know, uh, uh, director, and and at the time, right, Cyber Command was still a thing, right? Um, you know, cyber became its own domain, land, air, sea, you know, and then, and then cyber kind of thing. Um, and now we've got Space Command, right? We've actually got soldiers who are soldiers, sailors, Marines, you know, Coast Guard folks who are actually, you know, changing their badging and becoming, you know, Space Command. Um, but at the time, Cyber Command was still a thing. And and this was the very, I, I, like, Lieutenant General Fogarty, right? I, I love him because he, 
he's still a, a guy who understands the, the the importance of whiteboarding. And he literally had this huge whiteboard up on stage, right? And he's like, let me show you what I want to do, right? So he's he's getting on this whiteboard and he's drawing stuff. And, and, and he goes, do you guys know what that is? Of course, everybody in the crowd's like, well, this guy's lost his freaking mind, right? And he basically <laughs> said, this is going to be the new cyber command in about two or three years. And, and we're going to call it Information Warfare Command, right? Wow. Um, and so that's that's actually what's what's been transpiring. So so at some point in the future, right, because because that's important because cyber is not just cyber, right? You have military intelligence, right? You have MI, you have EWO, electronic warfare. You have all of these different subsets of cyber that, that you know, electromagnetic spectrum analysis and all these things from jamming of Bluetooth and jamming of Wi-Fi and jamming of UHF, VHF, all of these different frequencies plays a, pa uh, plays a part in you know, cyber effects, right? Trying to create a cone of silence, so to speak, in, in, a, in a combat zone. And so, so that, that's, you know, that's something new that's going on, right? Um, and technically, I am technically not, I'm a 255, I've been, I'm a CW3, I'm, and my MOS is a 255 Sierra. So I'm technically not cyber, um, I'm not cyber, I'm actually, I'm, I'm branched actually signal. So I'm still technically a signal officer, but signal cyber, it's, you know, it's all the same. Um, but I and and my role in the in the guard is I'm in the Alabama National Guard. Uh, I am one of the senior warrant officers on uh, the Defensive Cyber Operations Team, right? Uh, actually, my my, uh, my my good battle buddy, my best friend since sixth grade, and he's also a warrant officer, is on the Cyber Protection Team, um, and his name is Sam Adams. And and yes, Sam Adams just like the beer, right? Um, and his dad is John Adams, so we got a president and a beer maker, right? <laughs> in the, but so Sam's on the CPT, uh, and so so the CPTs have a unique mission, right? And, and I'll be careful with how I structure these words. Is that um, there, there's a <laughs> yeah there's a task force, right? That 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 uh, has a mission up in the DC Maryland area, right? And and their job is to to do some the, the no kidding cyber work, right? And and so what I what is awesome to me is that. The Army, and in a greater order, the Department of Defense is value is putting more value on National Guard and Reserve and their capabilities, right? Because what they're starting to realize is that these guys, right? And not saying that active duty, active component is not does are not really smart people, but they're really smart people at, at what their job has been, right? And they've done kind of the same job for 15 years, right? In the National Guard, you might have a guy who's a plumber, right? On the weekend, but he comes to drill and he's an MP, or you might have a guy who's an attorney or a lawyer, but he comes to drill and he's a, he's a, he might still be an attorney or a lawyer, but, right. but we, we, we are so diverse in our ability. So, so this task force that goes up to, you know, the Northeast every year and, and it's a one year rotation, uh, it's get, not only is it, is it showing to the Army that the National Guard Reserve has a great capability, but it also proves to us that we can do, you know, what, what the Army's trained us to do, right? I mean, Back in 2016, I came back from, I had just came back off deployment from Afghanistan in 2014, and I was a 255 November, so I was a, a networking warrant officer, right? And and I decided to, I had one of my CW5s ask me, hey, I think you'd be good for this course. I'm like, what's the course? He goes, well, it's this thing called Sierra course, and it's for senior W2 warrant officers, and it's really tough, and a lot of people fail it. And I was like, okay, well, I, I guess I can be the first guy from Alabama to fail it too, right? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So I signed up, I got approved, and, and and I tell you what, Nick, like you and I have talked about this, right? Um, th that is probably that is the toughest course I've ever been in, right? Not only mentally, not necessarily physically, but mentally, right? I mean, literally, it was a nine-month course. Um, 
we were, we were, we, we, I think we went through 12 SANS courses and we had to have six certifications to graduate. Right. Um, and I ended up, you know, getting a few extras while I was there just cause you know, I'm an overachiever. Um, but, um, we were literally taking a SANS course every nine days, right? So generally when you take a SANS course, you get four months, right? If you do the right. on demand or if you go to a, if you go to a conference, you get four months. Like we would literally get our books. Um, we would, we would take a certification on a Friday. We would get the books for the new SANS course that day. We'd start indexing and reading through the books on Saturday, Sunday, the following week, we would have the six day course with, you know, with a CTF or capture the flag event on that Saturday. So we were in class six days a week for nine months. And then the following week, we would have three days to, to study on our own, uh, one one final day of prep in the week. So every nine days for literally seven to nine months, we were taking a Sansert, right? And so and so again, you know, that's that's training, right? That, I didn't really get educated, right? I mean, because you know, there's only so much crap you can shove into your brain, and and, and right, the you shove in more ones and zeros, and the bits start falling out the other side, right? I mean, if you just, <laughs> into the you just, bit bucket, <laughs> into the bit bucket, yeah, right? They just fall off the table. So, um, right. So the, I think the, I think, so so the army, I think, is is doing great things, right? The DOD is doing great things from cyber, right? You're you're starting to see, especially. Obviously, you know, talk about real world events with SolarWinds, the SolarWinds breach and SolarGate and whatever other names, you know, they came up with it, right? I, I think that really showed, uh, right, that, that maybe we do have some imposter syndrome in our community, right, where people think, you know, we're, we're impermeable, it's not going to happen to us. Uh, and, and it was proven that, you know, nation state actors with large amounts of money and not not advanced, although SolarWinds was pretty advanced, but they were persistent, right? I mean, time, um, they had time. They, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, and people. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, well, it's so right. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because we, as we, as the, the the United States, specifically the intelligence community, we know, right, that that in China and J not Japan, but China, Russia, they're literally recruiting their brightest and best um, teenagers, you know, starting at 12, 13 years old, and they're training them to legitimately be hackers, right, for 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 their country and their number one target is the u.s right well we have what is your 12 year how old is your daughter uh 20 she's 20 now oh good grief you know uh, my, my son's my, my, uh 16 well most 12 and 13 for you know most teenagers today right like i didn't even know this was a thing until like a year ago most teenagers today in the u.s what do they want to do they want to be an influencer social media <laughs> right or like, I, did you know that that, that kid i think Kids get paid to watch other people play video games. Yes. Like <laughs> that, that about, so, right. So, so when you look at this dilemma of, 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 you know, China, Russia, North Korea, who are, who are promoting and educating their youngsters to do bad things, right? Don't get me wrong, but they're smart people. And we, and our, and our young, and our young people want to play video games or be an influencer or have their own television show. Right. I mean, uh, two, two totally different dynamics and so now we here we are in this part of our lives where you know you've got you know you got five security security job uh security jobs open and only one person to fill them right only one so, person to fill them yeah 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 so jeremy um running out of time here um let all our listeners and uh viewers know how to get in contact with you what's uh the website your email yeah, so uh, my my personal email is jeremy.leisher at gmail.com. Um, I you know I have my I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, right? So if you guys want to hit me up on LinkedIn, that's fine too. Uh, Excelio is just excelio.com, um, and um, 
Uh, I also have uh, my own my own personal company, right? That I've started. I think you started your company at the same time I started mine back in like 2013, 2014. It's right. called Warrant Solutions. Uh, so me and that good friend of mine, Sam Adams, not the beer, but my real good friend, um, <laughs> he and I started our own company because we, you know, we we knew that there were small businesses out there who had the same risk and the same problems as the big companies, but they didn't have the resources to to fix it. So we really focused on doing security assessments, you know security things um for for small businesses specifically in the healthcare uh and the finance industry so uh, that's warrant solutions uh i'm not going to give out my personal cell phone number because i think that would be stupid <laughs> um but yeah jeremy leecher on linkedin um and um and i gave my email address some you know uh facebook linkedin stuff i don't do facebook but um i think Axilio does so yeah brother all right, and uh, keep us uh, posted with the uh, course. We'll uh, give you that information as soon as we have it. And Jeremy, thanks for uh, coming on, and thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync. That's it for this episode. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And as always, thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync.